Hi, this is Brother Mike at uh, Free Grace Toronto. Um, coming to you with a video today, uh, why we left the church at Brimley. Now, let me just give you the history of what, where we were, uh, we were doing at the church at Brimley in Toronto. Um, this is the website. Um, so, when we were at Amazing Grace Baptist Church, like the first... I, I don't know, in the summer, I think it was in August or something like that, in 2018, um, the uh, the guy that runs the church at Brimley, at the time it wasn't called the church at Brimley, it was just called the, the St. George Manor, he was running a ministry at St. George Manor, uh, which is a residential building, and he would uh, preach on Sundays and have a church service there for the residents, and so he came to uh, Amazing Grace Baptist Church because he knew the pastor. He knew Pastor Kirky. And um, so he came and I met him at, after at church service. Uh, he came a couple times with his kids. And that was the first time we met him. And uh, yeah. And um, he, at some point, <clears throat> approached uh, Pastor Kirky. Um, because he needed some help at the manor. He wanted someone to fill in for him at the manor because he couldn't preach. Uh, so I thought, so he, so there were a few of us at the time there. And, you know, the pastor said, well, you know, see if anyone, if anyone here wants to help out. And so he asked the men that were here, were, were, that were at Amazing Grace Baptist Church. And... I, you know, nobody else wanted to, so I said, "Well, you know what? I'll, I'll, tr I'll, I'll give it a try." I had never preached before, but before that time, so I said, "Okay, I'll try it." And uh, so I went there. I think it was September 2018 or something. You, you, you can see on my channel. Uh, if you go back to that time, you'll see the first. I think it's "Trust in the Lord" that I uh, preached. Um, so after that time, I preached. He, uh, he sort of gave me the idea that he was going to step down at the church at Brimley. Um, so I, I said, well, so you're not going to come, you know, I, I sort of encouraged him to come back and, you know, just, I can help him out, but, you know, don't leave me with, you know, I, I felt like I was being abandoned at some point. So don't leave me by myself at the church or at the St. George Manor. I'll help you out, though. And then, so we had, came to an arrangement that I, we would preach alternate weeks, right? And he has an underlying condition called uh, sarcoidosis. So it's a lung condition. He has sometimes heart, having trouble breathing. Uh, I think that's the reason why he wanted to step down uh, at the time. But I encouraged him. He stayed, and his wife ended up coming, and his, da his daughter and his two sons were coming. So I was preaching there all this time for over a year, a year and a half, I guess. So what happened was, so so I guess earlier this year, he wanted we he's been wanting to to have a real church, like to basically call it a church. And so I made this website for him, and I was running the website. I, you know, I designed this website. This is, you know, I put in. I hosted this. I was hosting this. Um, it's it's built on Hugo. In case you, you care about the technical uh, specs, but it's it's a very quick website because of that. But um, let's see. The preaching page has the 
his sermons. I took mine off. Uh, the leaders page only has him now. Um, I used to be on there. But um, I've handed over the website to him. And he's in control of everything now. So uh, why did we leave? Why did we leave? That's a good question. Um, earlier this year, I was starting a series that we got from Pastor Ralph Yankee Arnold. when We, we went to uh, Florida and we visited him while we were there. So he gave us some material, te some teaching materials. And one was sort of like a back to basics It was a back to basics, uh, sort of 11, I think, 11 week um, teaching. And it was basically starting from scratch and going over the, the gospel. And I think it was after week three, which was eternal security. And it's all done from a free grace perspective. Eternal security. So during this sermon, I brought up the, the fact that, well, if... Eternal security means that you can never lose your salvation. You can never lose your salvation. No matter what you do after you're saved, you cannot lose your salvation even if you stop believing. If you were to stop believing, if you were to become an atheist, you are still saved according to the Bible. And there are some verses to back that up. I have verses to back that up. But before I get to that, after I preach that, um, well, let me go back a, a few weeks before that. So bef a few weeks before, he was preaching a sermon, which hasn't been posted yet, and it's going to be posted on my channel just so that you can see what he preached. But a few weeks prior, he actually preached that God was capable of lying. And that's blasphemy, but uh, I had to stop him in the middle of his sermon and tell him, no, no God cannot lie. Right, God cannot lie. It is said directly in the Bible that that God that cannot lie, in in hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. And in the Hebrews it says it is impossible for God to lie. So I corrected him on that. So that was sort of the first warning sign that he was believing a false gospel. So to actually say that god is capable of lying would be you might as well throw away your bible if you believe that because you cannot trust anything in the bible if he's capable of lying right and so god cannot lie he's he uh is incapable of committing sin so that was sort of a i didn't i didn't really you know i didn't really put that much importance to it i, I had i corrected him and i'm sorry I, I didn't want to do it in the middle of his sermon but I felt I had no choice because to let him say that and the people there to hear that and maybe they'll believe it. I didn't want that to happen, so I spoke up in the middle of it. As soon as I heard him say that, I said, no, no, God, God cannot lie. And you'll hear it in the... Like, God is all-powerful. If, if it pleased God to just destroy everything, uh, he could do it. Now, on one hand, he can't do it because he can't break his promises. He's uh, ordained things in such a way where uh, he won't go against his word. He could go against his word, but he won't. Now, this is where Christians would probably get into uh, a lot of arguing. Eh? It's like, well, well, therefore he can't. Uh, well, tech, you know, maybe technically he can't. I mean, he's perfect and holy, right? If he did, he'd be, he'd be, he'd be unholy. Exactly. 
Yeah, so God, yeah, he won't. He can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he could. He couldn't, okay. <laughs> he can't. He won't. <clears throat> God's will is to show mercy. If it please God to destroy everything today, uh, well, he he couldn't because he can't go against his promises. But there's just something in me that wants to say he could if he really if he wanted, if he wanted to break his promise. <laughs> help me, Mike. Help me. <laughs> amen. Amen. See, that's why you need other men in the, in the church. Because when mo- one man doesn't understand, there's other men who God uses to speak Titus, up. Titus 1, verse 2. Coming up, because I've got a few sermons left that I haven't posted yet. And you'll see the first three uh, weeks of that series that I was preaching as well. And I'll probably continue that series on my channel, uh, just because it's good good material. Uh, so I'll be preaching to YouTube since I'm not going to this church anymore. And, um, so that was the first, uh, warning sign. So then the next warning sign was one week when I went to pick up my daughter after school, me and my wife, uh, my daughter, you know, took piano lessons and he was gracious enough to, you know, ask her to, to cause, cause his family, his daughter and his two sons uh, go to piano lessons. So he was uh, gracious enough to invite my daughter with them because they were good friends too. And uh, it's kind of a shame, this whole thing, because now my daughter, she can't see her friends anymore. Like, you know, it's kind of stupid, but what can I do? Uh, I can't go to a church that preaches a false, that believes a false gospel, right? Uh, so the thing is, and who's going to question my pre? So, so basically, let me just get to that. We went to pick her up, and he he asked me to come down, and we were actually there also to tell him about what happened at Amazing Grace Baptist Church, because his name was mentioned in the text from the pastor's wife. They they accused, uh, they accused him of uh, of drawing us away from Amazing Grace into the church at Brimley, like because. But the thing is, the church at Brimley services were at Sunday at 3.30 p.m. Amazing Grace only has one service on Sunday morning. There's no conflict there. there nobody was drawing anyone away from anything. There was, has, he had nothing to do with, uh, you know, anything. Like, he, he was t- completely blameless in this matter. But he, he was accused of it, so we had to tell him what they said in the text and tell him, look, we, we left uh, Amazing Grace Baptist Church because of it. So he said, well, after we told him that, then he, he had a question for me. And he was saying, well, I kind of cringe. And he was questioning my preaching, okay? Because often in my preaching, I will say, uh, to you know, in order to be saved, all you have to do. To be saved, all you have to do is believe the gospel. All you have to do is believe. I say that a lot. Uh, and when I say believe, it means trust, right? I mean, you can we'll see that in Ephesians 1, but... He gave he he questioned it. He says, "Well, I cringe every time you say all I have to do is believe." 
So I said, oh, well, maybe you don't understand what I mean by believe then. So I, I told him it's not just believe. It's not just, you know, believing historical facts. It's like it's trust, right? It's being fully persuaded that God can deliver what he promised. So he said, okay, well, I said, I'll clarify that in front of the church the following week, which is what I, which I did. And I had a mini sermon about what believe means, which is trust. And in Romans 4 says it's being fully persuaded. So I think that I thought that satisfied him. Okay. So when we got to week three of this series, the eternal security chapter, so I preached that if a if a believer stops believing, you know, if someone who believed the gospel, if they did did believe the gospel and they stopped believing, they're still saved. So afterwards, him and his wife, now the next day, I guess it was the day after, when I went to pick up my daughter, they sort and I didn't have my glasses with me, so I couldn't it was kinda of hard, but they sort of waylaid me in, in into a Bible study. They sort of like roped me into a, a two-hour Bible study where they were going over, uh, well, you know, prove to us that, you know, a, a saved believer, can, if they stop believing, then they're, you know, then they're still saved, right? Okay. So they, it became clear that they didn't agree with me on this at all. They don't, they don't agree that if someone stops believing, if they believe that if someone stops believing, they were never saved to begin with. Now, this is called perseverance of the saints. This is what Calvinists believe, that you must persevere in faith until the end of your life. You can never stop believing. You can never, if you do stop believing, you are never saved to begin with. Now, a lot of people believe that. Even people who don't call themselves Calvinists, such as Stephen Anderson, believes that. And it's wrong, because the Bible, there's nothing, there's no verse to back that up. So... I, I sat with them for two hours and went over the scripture and it became clear that they weren't understanding salvation. They, 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 it came to the point where because they believe this doctrine, they don't believe that salvation is a one-time event. They believe salvation is a process. And this is where this leads to. If someone can go through, go 20 years and, and then if they stop believing... That means they were never saved to begin with. Well, number one, you have no assurance. There's no eternal security. There's no assurance. You can never know for sure that you're going to persevere to the end. So you can never be sure that you're saved. So that contradicts 1 John 5.13, which says we can be sure, right? We can know that we're saved. So it became clear to me that they don't believe that anymore. Maybe they fell on way. I thought that they believed this before because I preached this exact same thing uh, in April of 2019 when I rebuked Michael Heiser in my sermon for teaching that if someone stops believing, then they're never saved to begin with, or you know, or they lose their salvation. Right? Mike Heiser takes it to the point where they may lose their salvation. He, he thinks they're losing their salvation if they stop believing. Uh, I totally rebuked that in April 2019. Nobody said anything, not one peep, and they were both there. Him and his wife were sitting in front of me, listening to that sermon, and I guess it went in one ear and out the other, because if they always believed that, they should have said something, right? Because I encourage people to ask, I always encouraged people to ask questions if they didn't agree with something, and I had told them, like the previous week, I think it was, that if it's okay if you want to disagree with me on something, 
But if you're going to disagree, back it up with scripture. Okay. So, and then the next week he comes to me with this saying, well, I don't. And the thing is, and then his next sermon after this, after this two hour Bible study at his house where I left it and they, it was clear they still didn't believe it. They don't understand salvation as a, as a one time event. So the next week at church, they they brought up uh, he he preached a sermon, and he he called me this Saturday uh, to tell me that he was going to preach this. Uh, he didn't tell me which side of the issue he was going to fall on because he he had a choice, right? So he preached a sermon, which you're going to see on this channel. I'm going to be posting it when I get the editing done. Um, or it may have already been posted by the time I get this up. But in any case, you'll see it where he has no scripture to back up his position. So he's disagreeing with me and he doesn't have any scripture. And he admitted to not having any scripture to back it up. So he had, all he had was a, a weak argument that said, well, is belief a work? Oh, belief's not a work. because So he's saying belief is not a work because that's what the requirement for salvation so therefore belief is not a work that's the crux of his argument so in other words to 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 say that you must keep believing until the end of your life well that's not work salvation right that's not you know but the thing is believing one time is the is the requirement of salvation not a continuous belief but they don't believe that they they and they brought up now let me look at John 3:18 this is one of the verses he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Now they'll take any of these verses that say believeth, and down in John 5.24 where it says believeth, they said, well, that's present tense. So that means it's continuous action. It's not a one-time event. So they believe that you must continuously believe the gospel for this to come true. But this is not what this verse is saying. It's saying the only reason you're condemned is because you hath not believed. That believed is past tense. So it's a one-time event. You only have to believe once. And after that, you're sealed. Okay, so so John 5.24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation, but is past from death unto life so you believe on him that sent me it's not a continuous action it's a one-time event you have everlasting life that's a present tense possession once you have eternal life you can never lose it so if you stopped believing you still have eternal life because you already received it you can't lose it and shall not come into condemnation this is looking at the future right this is the present. You presently have everlasting life if you've believed on him. And that's Jesus. And shall not come into condemnation. That's future. Uh, that's what's, So anything you do in the future, you shall not come into condemnation. Doesn't matter what you do, you can't come into condemnation. But it is past from death unto life. So you are past from death unto life. There's only It's, it's past tense. Past tense, passed from death unto life. It's past tense, happened already. Okay? and So it's a one-time event. And Ephesians 1.13 really uh, proves that it's a one-time event because it says, 
in whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. So here you go. After you believed, past tense, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. Okay? Believe and you're sealed. It's past tense. It's a one-time event. It's there's no you're not present you're not continuously being sealed. It's it's past tense. And there's other verses in the Bible that say you're seated in heavenly places, you know, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Until the day of redemption, you can't be unsealed. Uh, okay. So Second Timothy two thirteen is proving that you could stop believing. Someone could stop believing. If we believe not, let me look at the context here. It is a faithful saying, for if we be dead with him, we shall also live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he also will deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. So this is the faithful saying. So if we deny, they were also bringing up this verse to me. If we deny him, he will also deny us. In other words, if you say you don't believe anymore, he'll deny you. You know, the work salvationists say that, you know, if you deny him, then you, you lose your salvation. It became clear that his wife doesn't even understand this verse, which isn't talking about salvation. It's talking about, okay, if we suffer, we shall also reign with him. And then there's a colon here. This here is related to this here. So denying him, he will deny us reigning with him. What What's he denying us? The privilege of reigning with him. So, And it, it's clear here, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Why, why would he be denying himself? Because the Holy Spirit is himself. It's inside of us once we believe. But if we stop believing, he's still going to be there. He can't. He can't unseal himself. He's never going to take that away from you. Okay? So let's go to verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings. And this is right after the verse that says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. All right? This is an admonition for us to study our Bible. Don't just read it. And it's clear to me that Brother Hornby hasn't been studying his Bible. Um, uh, because he had no scripture to back up his, and you'll see it, you'll, it, it's ridiculous. He said that God gave him that argument, but that's not how God works. God, God gives us, God talks us through the Bible. It says in Hebrews 1, right? In Hebrews 1 it says that, but I'm not going to get into, into that right now, but uh, it says God who at sundry time, you know, spoke, spoken times past to the prophets, now talks to speaks to us through his son. That's what it says in Hebrews 1. And by his son, it means the, the word of God. So God doesn't talk to us through dreams and visions anymore, but through the word of God, which is complete. So study to show thyself approved. So in other words, if you're going to disagree with someone, have some scripture to back it up. Don't come with some, oh, I think God gave me a vision. I'm sorry, but that's not how God speaks to people. I don't think that was God giving you that argument. So, But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as doth a canker, of whom is Hymenaeus and Philetus. 
who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already, and overthrow the faith of some. So Hymenaeus and Philetus were saying that the resurrection is past already. So if you tell someone that there's no resurrection, sorry, you missed the rapture, then people are going to stop believing. They overthrow the faith. What does overthrowing the faith mean? But they stop believing because of this false doctrine. So they were deceived by false doctrine and they stopped believing. And then it says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his. So this is the foundation of God, the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Lord knows them that are his because we are sealed, right? So nevertheless, even though their faith was overthrown, God knows that they're saved, right? They're still saved. So you can stop, if you stopped believing because you got deceived by atheism or whatever, false doctrine, doesn't matter. You're still saved. So this never saved to begin with is Calvinism and it's garbage. It's just not true. Now let me go to my other good verse to for this. Back to the parable of the sower. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root which for a while believe, and in time of temptation fall away. So it's saying that they believed for a while. And I covered this parable with Brother Hornby and his wife, and they didn't understand it. They, they believe that this is an unsaved person right here. They only think that there's, that there's um, this guy is saved, but they don't believe that this guy is saved. They don't think that someone who believes for a while and then falls away is saved. But they're going against what it says here because we know for a fact that these guys are saved because it was sprung up, right? The thorns sprang up and good ground sprang up. So everything sprang up here. The only thing that didn't spring up is the first one, which is lest they should believe and be saved. And this tells us what do you need to do to be saved? The devil knows that we all we have to do is believe the gospel all we got to do is believe the gospel and be saved that's it it's simple there's no amount of works you need to do after salvation before salvation you just have to believe the gospel that's it accept the the free gift of everlasting life that is all you have to do you don't have to keep the law you don't have to persevere to the end you don't have to worry about if you, what happens if you stop believing you don't have to worry about any of that if you just believe trusting only in Christ alone, well, then you can be 100% sure that you're going to get to heaven because there's nothing you can do. And anytime you're looking to yourself, so what happens if I stop believing? Oh, you, if you stop believing, you were never saved to begin with. Well, you're looking to yourself there, my friend. You're not looking at Jesus, the author and finisher of our salvation. You need to be looking at him and not yourself because anytime you look to yourself, that's when you get into a false gospel. So unfortunately, I had to leave the church because I, I can't preach at a church where they're going to continually question what I'm preaching. And I'm, unfortunately, that's how it has to be. And unless he comes back to me and apologizes and realizes that he was wrong, I can't have anything to do with it because he believes a false gospel. I don't know what he's preaching now because unfortunately, I'm not there to record it. But I'm going to be publishing the rest of the sermons that I have. There's a, a few of them that I did and a few that he did. 
and those will be posted eventually uh, once I get around to editing them and coming up on my channel I'm gonna have a video on what is free grace theology because th nobody seems to know uh, you know when I talk to people at church and and mention free grace it's like well what's free grace what's free grace it's like that maybe that should have been a warning sign to me in the beginning but this is what happens when you don't study to show yourself approved you need to study and compare scripture with scripture don't just take one verse out of context and I mean at least have one verse to back it up he didn't have he had zero scripture to back up his his position so basically his church is not founded upon rock it's founded upon shifting sand because he doesn't even back it up with scripture so for that reason I had to step away from that church unfortunately so I don't know where now what am I doing now I'm gonna be running this YouTube channel free grace Toronto I'll be posting whatever I feel I need to cover there's many things happening in the world today so stay tuned and we'll be back with the next video we'll see you we'll see you next time god bless